0: Episode 17 of WTF Anime, the show where we ask the simple question, what walks on four legs in the morning, two in the afternoon, and three in the evening? I'm your host, Joe, and joining me as ever is Travis. Hey, what's up, man? And hi, guys. Not a lot. (laughs) Not a lot. I am tired, which might come through, uh, but I'm happy because I get to talk about anime.
1: Yeah. Some bullshit. Actually, no. I love this. Spoilers. Yeah.
0: <laughs> your uh, your suffering has been uh, tempered for a while. You can't you can't I mean,
1: torture doesn't mean anything if it's constant. You need the breaks to heal.
0: That's true. That's true. I guess I shouldn't talk about how I've uh, I guess been chastised by your audience who are currently voting me as worst person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm winning or losing. I don't know how this vote's
1: technically supposed to work. Uh,
0: I mean, either I get more votes and I win the poll, or your vote is the worst and I win. Oh, okay. Well, then I'm winning. Yes. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> so today, today we watched episode one of Terror in Resonance or Zankyo no Terror.
1: So good, you guys. Woo!
0: Yeah. Which is not at all a surprise, because it's directed by Shinichiro Watanabe, who Travis doesn't know, because he hasn't watched Bebop or Shampoo yet, but we'll get him there. We'll get him there.
1: Yeah, I know at the very least uh, Bebop's on the schedule. I resisted that in high school, because it was out and everybody loved it, and it was like Doctor Who. They're like, you gotta watch this! And I was like, no, no I don't.
0: The difference is, Bebop's actually good. Ah... Suck it, Doctor Who fans, we did it again! We keep going back to this. I don't know why we decided that this is the fandom that... ...deserves our ire. It's where we draw our line. Yeah, yeah. Really, it's just until we find a worse fandom to make fun of.
1: Uh, that's... I'm I'm sure if we look, but I'm not that motivated. Nah. Cool. So,
0: should we talk about the anime?
1: We can, yeah, um... Let's uh, let's pop it off with the intro. So, this was not my favorite intro, and here's why. It didn't feel like the most creative of things. I mean, I've been seeing a lot of big, flashy intros lately. This is really underplayed. It almost feels like a, a procedural crime show that you'd see on regular TV. And, mm-hmm. you know, anime, you can go bigger because, well, the whatever you can draw is pretty much the limit, so uh, <laughs> this was kind of understated for my taste for an anime opening
0: okay um so oh the um do do we wanna talk about the scene prior to the opening or do we just wanna cover the opening
1: oh you know what yeah uh let let's uh let's get the teaser in there
0: the teaser actually I think while while we're on it we'll just talk we'll just talk about the opening, yeah it's it's just images like flashing to music it's nothing particularly special uh there are a few thematic notes in there but i think i agree with you that it's not really it's not one of those uh openings that really like grabs your attention at all it flashes loads of images at you and then just lets you sit there and say okay well what does any of that mean yeah even uh even the intro music is almost like an
1: EDM, uh, like, trance kind of techno thing going on. So Yeah, it's
0: really slow. Yeah. I think uh, it fits, like, the tone of the show perfectly. Like I say, there are some very cool thematic elements in there, which you kind of get after, like, a few more episodes. I, I don't be... even think I
1: need that. I'm going to venture some guesses later here and see if I, uh, I'm i going to nail some tone all the way through.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. By all means. Um, this isn't an anime opening in the sense of the here is our product type thing. I very much think that this is a we need an opening, so let's kind of Let's just show some thematic stuff like the opening is not really a focus of the show because my thought is that, at least from where I'm kind of thinking, I think the show kind of speaks for itself and really what is the kind of hook is the opening scene prior to the opening.
1: Yes, and I guess uh, we we can get to that, that little bit of teaser then before the opening uh, the opening credits. Um, yes, yeah, so, so we have a plutonium heist. We do. Uh, it starts off, you get a wintry scene in, I think it was, what was that? Emotori? S- something like that. It, it started with an A, it's a place in Japan, that's all you really need to know. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing it's up in the mountains, because it's looking like you, they, they've got themselves a pretty good blizzard. Um yeah. Somewhere yeah. remote is the sense I got, just from the, the weather conditions
0: and being that Japan have island. to be yeah i think you'd have to be when you're a nuclear fuel uh, testing station <laughs> i would guess so as well
1: so um, we've got this van driving up and then it cuts over to the the station itself where we see somebody packing away what we can only assume is some kind of new super secret plutonium or something cuz they're taking mm-hmm. utmost precaution and everyone's looking a little nervous while they're doing it
0: yeah, yeah, definitely. Um the thing that I really like in this kind of preceding scene is I don't think it was in the Japanese version. It's been a while I watched the English for this. You get they probably wouldn't do it for subtitles, but I don't remember voice acting, but you actually like hear like snippets of conversations uh occurring like in the background. Like characters who are covered in this kind of hazmat gear or characters that are just in the background of the security station, they're having conversations a lot lower to the main things that's going on. And I just like that touch because it feels a lot more real, I guess.
1: Oh, okay. That's actually a really cool element. And I can actually fill in the gap for you because I watched the sub, not the dub. Uh, In case anyone's wondering, apparently it's on Netflix for the UK, but right now it's on Hulu in the US and mm-hmm. on Hulu, it was only the subversion that was the only option we had so okay sub so it was, and uh yeah, that is not there uh there's not background conversation uh that you notice it's just whoever's directly speaking in that scene that's speaking. You don't get any of that uh and that's a really cool little touch they did in the background it gives it gives it more
0: life. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of that sort of thing. Uh, so really what's going on is we have basically what are revealed to be our two main characters trying to get this plutonium out. One of them appears to have infiltrated or is already working for this uh, factory, and the other is bringing a police ban with a snowmobile for their dramatic escape. After Blackhead Glasses Guy, who we eventually learn is called Nine, gets the plutonium, he takes a moment to spray some graffiti on the floor of the actual, I guess, like, not factory, what am I trying to say, like, kind of docking area? or like- Yeah,
1: just the floor in general. I think
0: floor is going to cover this. <laughs> yeah, there we go. I don't know why I had to make it fancy. I don't know and either. he writes a word, which is VON, V-O-N.
1: Is it a word or is it an acronym? They don't really tell you um but no they don't they don't tell you in this first episode you've got VON that's all you got mhm and then he proceeds to book and i don't know one of the weird things for me and again i really do like this but he seemed to be moving faster than any of the other human beings in there and i understand he's got some plutonium that he's trying to steal so that's a motivating factor but <laughs> i don't know the the speed difference seems out of scale almost okay I don't know. I, it could have just been my perception. It just seemed that way. And I'm okay with it, because we're already having two guys hijacking plutonium from what I am assuming it should be a crazy secure base. So we, mm-hmm. we, we've already gone all James Bond and nothing nothing makes
0: sense and happens in real world anymore. <laughs> nothing makes sense and a lot of women get slapped for no reason. Right. got you. Yeah. Yeah, the, the touches I really, really like are, um like, obviously, there is a locked down door that's blocking him, and he just, like, waves at the security cameras, just like, yeah, I'm going to shoot this plutonium, so just open up, unless everyone in this facility wants to die. Yep, <laughs> that's pretty much it, that's, again, not how plutonium works, but it's cool, James Bond. <laughs> yeah, there we go. And, and meanwhile, his accomplice is throwing grenades at the gate so he can bust in in his police van and drop out a uh, snowmobile, which he proceeds to ride around the lot for a bit. And then we do the daring
1: mid, uh, mid-drive-by pickup uh, on the snowmobile. And one of my favorite things about um, when he's trying to do, uh, do the getaway in the uh, snowmobile is they used something that was closer to an actual movie shot. Uh, the way they mm. did the animation, where eventually it's almost directly behind it, but out of view. It, it's more of a, almost like a POV shot, which I don't know. I don't see a lot of that in animation. I thought it was kind of cool. It caught my eye at the very least.
0: Yeah, yeah. Basically, they escape after uh, the guards don't shoot them because they have plutonium. And uh, should I just bring this up now on my notes? I have written down several times, in all caps, this music is so good. <laughs> <laughs> I love all of the music in this show. It's, it's just fantastic. Not surprising, because it is uh, Yoko Kano, who, again, Cabo Bebop, Champloo, uh, a lot of other things. Oh,
1: you, you beat me to the draw on it, because I was going to ask you that very question, because everyone raves about Bebop's soundtrack. Mm-hmm. There's all like real cool jazz and whatnot. So uh, I guess that's just a running theme with this particular director, huh?
0: Yeah. Uh Shinichiro Watanabe and uh Kano work on a lot of projects together because she is very good at what she does and he is excellent at directing. Well there you go. Game recognizes game, Joe. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Uh, any more to touch on for that little opening
1: scene? Nope. And then we got the, cre- uh, the opening credits, which we already talked about. And now it's time to get into the actual body of the episode.
0: And hey, it's six months later. It sure is. And we open up on a bridge. Yeah, it is the height of summer. There is uh, traffic in the streets, cicadas, uh, making noise, chirping. Sure. Is that was do? Kind of, kind of um, a weird buzz. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, we basically have our two main characters, 9 and 12, uh, approaching our high school. Because this is an anime, of course, there has to be a high school in there somewhere.
1: Absolutely. Uh, I mean, it doesn't work anyway else, right? It's always high school all the time in anime.
0: Not always, but 90%. <laughs> That's close enough to always for me, Joe. Yeah, that's I mean that's like totally fair. <laughs> <laughs> so uh nine is uh basically here's the plan. We don't draw attention to ourselves and twelve immediately jumps up and go, Ooh, a pool. Yeah. <laughs> uh y- you
1: immediately get the sense one of these people is a little more disciplined than the other. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Definitely. And actually, you, you do kind of get that in the opening as well. I don't think we mentioned it, but um, 9 is super focused on the job and 12 takes the time to, like, turn back as he's driving away and just whoop at the uh, the people chasing them.
1: <laughs> that That is totally true. I mean, uh, if you're going to be a fun-loving terrorist, uh, you're totally a uh, 12. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, after we get this little interlude between the two, and he goes, you know, hey, I can smell chlorine and whatnot, because he's complaining he's so hot, we flash over to a scene where a girl is in her, uh, looks like her school uniform, and is sitting there barefoot at the edge of a diving board, surrounded by other girls. Ah,
0: that's what they call bullying.
1: Well, yeah, (laughs) we get that pointed out, but, uh... Not quite yet. Uh, they they throw like a few jabs at her and trying to get her to jump in. Not jabs, uh, like physical. The jabs as in verbal. Verbal barbs. There we have it. Yes, verbal barbs. They're trying to get her to jump into the pool in her clothes. And that's about when 12 kind of comes creeping over the wall.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep, yeah, he's just, oh, hey, what's going on here? Uh, they explain the situation, oh yeah, of course, like, she's really hot, so we're just gonna like, let her jump in the pool, like, it's almost like a resort. Uh, to which Lisa, the now Meek and, uh, bully E, is like, yeah, I was just like, super hot. And, uh, 12 just jumps in the pool, he's just like, oh, that sounds like a really good idea.
1: Yeah, he goes, me too, <laughs> and then and, and just jumps off the roof. Uh And then, like, it freeze frames for, like, one second and then goes back to her face and she just starts Mm. making puppy dog eyes at him. Like, my hero,
0: you jumped in a pool. (laughs) I I don't get it, but hey, whatever works for her. I mean, because of that, evidently she didn't get thrown in the pool because later he's dripping wet and she's not, so it worked. Yeah. And I think she makes some observation about... Oh, his smile is like the morning sun, but the other one, his eyes are cold as ice.
1: That I think because, that is
0: literally the lines, yes. Because, you know, we need to justify these characters outside of their actions.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, j- just trying to put more, more stark contrast between the, the two uh, main here, 9 and 12. Mm-hmm. So, um, after that, the next scenes we get... Are uh, they're actually exactly the same because we see that nine and twelve have both entered into high school under uh, different names. I believe it was Arata for nine and Hatomi for twelve. Don't quote me on that. And (laughs) from from, (laughs) trust me, it's not important.
0: Yeah, I, I didn't make notes because I'm like, oh, cute, they're in high school and they never return, so no one needs to remember these names. <laughs> Spoilers, guys. This this does not just turn into terrorists in high school. Like, it doesn't. Honestly. <laughs>
1: Although that might be a really cool... <laughs> I might watch that, too. A, um... a different high school terrorism bent. Not school shooty. <laughs> now, like cutie. Cutie terrorism. <laughs>
0: Yeah, cutie terrorism. Yeah, M- uh-huh. AD,
1: MAD's in the toilet. Ha ha. Stupid <laughs> high school bullshit terrorism.
0: Yeah, so they they get introduced to their classes. Um, Everyone's like, oh my god, nine is super hot. And wow, 12 is super weird. And oh, hey, your boyfriend joined the same class as you. Ew. <laughs> Those girls are bitches. <laughs> <laughs> they fucking hate high schoolers. <laughs> So I think it's then we cut over to the uh, the local police station and their uh, records uh, department.
1: Uh, yeah, it's uh, a weird little uh, cutscene over to two guys just kind of hanging out in front of computers. Uh, one of them's watching a cat video because the internet is most definitely a thing.
0: This is modern day. Yep. Oh, the internet. And uh, Shibazaki is just reading a book and playing some shogi by himself.
1: Yeah, I don't know what shogi is, um, but you could definitely tell it's a game, whatever he's doing. Hmm. <laughs> what? Shrug? You don't know what, you know that it is a thing, but you do not know what that thing is, really?
0: Is that what you're saying? I don't know everything about Japanese culture look.
1: <laughs> Come on, man. You want to introduce me to stuff. I'm going to have questions. I need you to have answers.
0: Okay. Uh, Shogi is uh,
1: a game. We're good. I'm, I'm fucking with you. Stop it.
0: <laughs> no, no. It's uh, like Snap. Um, but you play it by yourself and it's very strategic. Okay. It requires a very high mind power to, uh, to play.
1: Alright, and I, I got the sense that it was definitely put that out of
0: my ass.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fantastic. Were you Googling hard? No, I didn't bother.
0: <laughs> oh, okay.
1: Cool. You improved what the thing is. I'm good with it. Whatever. No, what I was going to say is you can almost see uh if you want to compare it the same two characters. Again, but on the other side. Uh, at least that's the sense i got because we've got nine who is is all about business and seems to be the the one that's focused on the strategy and getting things done and then we've got the guy that seems like he's going to be the goof off a little bit and that's uh that's these t- two detectives too basically i don't know if you've ever thought about it from that angle uh,
0: it's it's interesting definitely uh in this first episode it definitely seems like it
1: right I've got, I've got nothing else to judge on.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, small point of order: they are not detectives; they work strictly within the records of the police station. Oh, okay. Which is 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 relevant because later, uh, oh, and you know what? You're right. The one guy mentions that he's no longer a detective. So, yeah, yeah. In in this scene, after they watch a certain YouTube video, which we'll talk about in a second, someone comes in to like chastise them as like. Shibazaki, you're not a detective anymore. You can't get away with goofing off. Yep, they they
1: sure do. And I guess we should talk about the second intervi- uh, internet video uh, the guy watches uh, that is non-cat related.
0: Yeah, so it is a video which is basically posed as like a vlog, uh, where two masked people are talking about uh, the weather in Shinjuku the next day like it's going to be very dark and sparks will fly and we certainly hope no one dies right right uh, i think the direct was
1: at 3 p.m uh darkness will come to the shinjuku region uh spark i think it was something like sparks will fly uh use caution when going outside Some- something to that effect
0: yeah yeah uh and they're announced as sphinx one and sphinx two yes And they think absolutely nothing of it. (laughs) Yeah, it's just like, ah, it's just those crazy kids. Yeah. With their highfalutin cameras. It's
1: not even spring break yet, I think is what they said, or summer break. Mm.
0: Yeah, it's not even summer break, and they're already goofing off. Yeah.
1: So, uh, from there, we go back to... I'm trying to remember the order of this, because I didn't write it down. I'd try yeah, to we jump.
0: It. We jump back into the high school, and there's like a few more, like, just like high school things going on, where it's a load of girls come up to nine and say, "Hey, you should give us our ph- your phone number. Like, we want to text you because you're all hot and stuff." And he's like, "I do not have a phone," he says, and then immediately his phone starts going off. Right, he gets like five <laughs> text messages, like boom, boom, yeah. boom. <laughs>
1: That part made me giggle a little bit. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> it's good. Uh and it's 12 basically saying, "Hey, where are you? I'm bored. I'm on the roof. Let's eat lunch together." <laughs> yep, that's
1: pretty much it. And uh so that's the next scene we cut to actually is them going up on the roof and they're they're chatting and 12 is chastising 9 because he's keeping too high a profile like Girls are noticing him in school and whatnot, to which Nine goes, girls are noticing you too,
0: I hear them talk. Hmm. It's the other way around, but okay. Oh,
1: did did I I screw up 12 and 9? Ah.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, okay, I know why they are called this. I do not. It does kind of get like a bit odd when like they just refer to each other as numbers so I can understand some confusion.
1: Right, it, that's not really a name.
0: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so they're kind of talking about how both of them are failing at keeping a low profile when they spot Lisa running off to eat her lunch in the toilet, uh, and Nine just basically says, Yeah, I I really don't care. We shouldn't get involved, because we're not going to be around for long. Let's say a day.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and... um... You still get the sense that uh that 12 wait, hold on. <laughs> now now I'm worried I'm going to screw it up. <laughs> 12 is cute boy, 9 yeah. is glasses boy. That's what I thought. So 12 <laughs> still got his eye on Lisa, like you you can tell that you know, he he's he's all about her or you get the sense that there could be something there. He's like, "Oh, she's mm. going into the bathroom to eat." kind of deal. And at that point, we kind of get a uh, scene in the bathroom with Lisa where she is indeed sitting down and opening up her bento box
0: to eat lunch. Mm -hmm. And she looks at several texts from her mother that are all like, where are you? You weren't home last night. Uh, I didn't see you this morning. Yeah. So she she has some familial troubles.
1: It appears that way. And then she kind of breaks down a little bit and just Toss, uh, does she get sick or does she just straight up, is that anger? I, I couldn't tell.
0: I think it's just kind of like stress provoking nausea and then just the immediate reaction of well, I'm not going to eat so just
1: yeah, yeah, dumps and flushes the food. Mm-hmm. So yes, we get the, the idea that she is a very uh, very troubled girl. I mean, it's not a lot of people that are stress vomiting, at least not a lot of the people I know.
0: you clearly haven't been that stressed
1: (laughs) ah no they invented hard liquor joe
0: oh that's true that's true (laughs) look it up it's awesome which can still lead to vomiting though it can rookies (laughs) (laughs) so then, then we get one of our favorite things which is dream sequences
1: Yes, dream sequence. You know what? What's weird about that dream sequence? I always, uh, I actually thought it was the mid episode break Mm. the way it seemed because it looked a lot like a lot of the opening credit uh, images that we see. So I was like, oh, wow, this isn't just like the name of the show and like a still frame, which is what normally most of these episodes do. I was like, good on you. You did an animated thing for your mid show break. But no, I was wrong.
0: And then it carries on, and yeah, it's a lot of imagery from the opening. Like, we see some kids, and a wire fence, and a lot of birds. Uh, So, I'm certain this might raise some questions. It sure does. Um, And I will try to answer them in a non-spoilery way. Okay, well, um, the
1: thing is that all the questions I have for you to answer... You're 100% going to have to spoil.
0: Yeah, that's that's kind of what I assumed. <laughs> um
1: cuz they're all pretty direct questions because the dream sequence kind of gives you a gut sense of where where they're leading with this, especially um as we get into him waking back up and moving on with it uh with, with the show cuz we're, we're going to get references to the past here soon.
0: Yeah. All right. So okay, that's that's fine. I I did expect that it was going to be like, like, what's this? Oh, that's a thing that's in later episodes.
1: Right. Sorry. I yeah. I I didn't even <laughs> plan on asking anything about it. I kind of got the the sense of things, and I was like, I could ask questions, but if I do, there's no good way to ask. Have you answer, and there be zero spoilers. Yeah. Exactly.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, so nine wakes up from his dream, and uh, we get a little moment between uh, him and 12 where Twelve's like, Oh, I knew you'd have that dream again.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, he he does mention it, and then oh, what's he say right after that? Because it's kind of weird. Wait, no, that's later in the episode. I'm confusing myself. Never mind. Hmm.
0: Uh, I, I think the main thing to kind of come out with come out of that conversation is um. Both of them talking about kids and uh, certain kids being weak, but we couldn't save them because we were weak as well. Right. You definitely
1: get the idea that um, they went through, through something that wasn't so good because you, it's definitely a traumatic dream that he's waking up for uh, from. Almost like a, a PTSD kind of relive kind of dream is, <laughs> is the sense I got from it.
0: So I think we we go to the next day, don't we? Yeah, and, next uh, day. it's it's a class field trip. We.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, what really is there to cover? They're kind of like walking around. We get vague hints that something is going to happen, uh, and then a crane drives through some power lines. Right. Actually,
1: they even mentioned that. Uh, they, they start doing the countdown for for when something's going to go down as they're messing with these weird little bunnies.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're so cute, though. They are.
1: <laughs> and sure enough, um, as that crane drives through the power line, we get a sweeping view of the larger area, and everything starts shutting down
0: power-wise. Yeah, it's almost like Shinjuku is uh, plunged into darkness. At three. <laughs> speaking of
1: that we're going back to the uh, the records uh, guys right now I do believe yes
0: yeah yeah uh, everything goes black and uh, Shibazaki just looks up to his uh, colleague and goes just pull up that video again and he does and basically everything that uh, was said in the video appears to be occurring yeah seems to be fitting
1: so <laughs> Now that we've got that going, uh we pan back to twelve, and twelve has a whole bunch of those little bunnies they were messing with earlier in his arms, and he's running around and planting and stacking them very specifically
0: mm-hmm yeah it's it's worth saying also uh because of the way these guys operate the um there's like a Obviously, there's a blackout, and they're doing a. Uh, why can't I think of the word?
1: I I don't know what word you're looking for.
0: They're basically getting everyone out.
1: Oh um, yeah, 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 yeah. They're they're evacuating the building. I think is
0: what you're. That's looking for. the word. Yes. So they're basically evacuating the building because hey, there's a power blackout, and something dangerous might happen. Um, and yeah, uh, twelve is just going around putting all these little, uh. Furry things down. Mm hmm. Uh huh. And then we get to what
1: is the second in a single episode bathroom scene with Lisa, actually, uh, of all people. As she's sitting there and again looking at her phone that's uh, got all these text messages uh, c- uh, coming up on it. And she's crying and says, What was it? Uh, I wish everyone would go away,
0: I believe. Yeah. Um, this is either in the next episode or this episode. I think her mum texts her uh, at this point that um that dad's gone, like dad's left. Ah, uh, okay. See, I don't read Japanese, and <laughs> oh right i I didn't know if they had uh, if they had subtitles for the text messages. They did not. Um, Which oh, okay, it made made it see. I, I mean, I like
1: that I know what it is now, but it worked even without knowing what the text messages were. I assumed it might have been bullying at the school since right, she was already being right. bullied. So, you know, it it worked with or without having those subs there. But that's cool to learn that you know you actually got the English uh, text in there.
0: Mm. Now, uh, I, th- I think it. I think it's something to that effect. It's the only text she receives in the first episode is all from her. Mum who is basically having a nervous breakdown.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Uh as as well as Lisa appears to be. <laughs> so yeah, we pull out of that uh bathroom scene and Lisa runs into twelve again, and he's carrying all of these cuddly little toys, and he's just like, Hey, uh hold on to this.
1: Some uh you must be playing hide and seek, and sometimes when you're hiding it's lonely, and he tosses her a doll.
0: Yeah, yeah. Twelve is so cool. I love 12.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind either one of them, honestly. I need to know the characters better to, to pass a real judgment. But first episode, I didn't mind either one of them.
0: Cool. All right. So, yeah. um, She has a cuddly toy now. Um, I'm trying to remember what we do now.
1: Well, actually, he tossed the very last one to her. As I recall, he only had one left. And from there, we, we go out to um, Nine, who is sitting there with his cell phone, mm-hmm. and he, he dials a number, and you pan back inside the building to all of those uh, dolls, which then start to ring. And if you don't know what's about to happen next, you've never watched anything on TV. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's it's actually cool to point out that he did give her a very specific one, because all of these, uh, a thermite reaction starts occurring. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um,
1: First it gets real hot, and then some water gets involved, and things go boom. Yay, explosion. Hooray. And we see the sides of the buildings blow out and everything that uh, like that. The building is not yet leveled, though. And we see Lisa kind of freaking out. And then it pans back to the uh like plaza again, where twelve is pulling up on a motorcycle. He hops out and kind of lets him know that he saw Lisa inside the building and he left her with I forget what he called uh that very last rabbit
0: oh uh, uh, they all have one name because I guess it's like a mascot, but i am I'm blanking on it as well, um, yeah.
1: It's not super consequential. He just lets her know that she has the very last rabbit.
0: Yeah, it's it's also funny because I'm now remembering that in the first uh, instance on the bridge, Twelve is actually talking about it about this character and being like, Oh, it's so cute. I love this little character." <laughs> I'm just annoyed that I can't remember the name of him, and I only watched this like rewatched it twenty minutes. Oh, uh, it's now an hour ago, so. I, don't, I guess I don't feel too bad. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. It's
1: all good. Anyways, um, so Nine kind of questions, why would you do that? You know, everyone's supposed to be out. And he says, it's, what do you say? Uh, we can save her, I believe it was something to the effect. You get this very, very heavy idea that 12 wants to be able to give Nine the option to save the girl.
0: Yes, Um, and I really, really love this part because it's it's kind of hinted at the whole this whole first episode that like twelve has like a weird thing for Lisa, but also he's like just super interested in all the other people in the high school. And after the dream sequence that nine has and talking about well, we couldn't save the other kids because we were too weak. 12 gives him the option to save somebody. Right.
1: Uh, he even says something about maybe it'll make your dream go away.
0: Exactly, yeah.
1: So you get the sense that although they might be doing like a, something really awful, they do personally care about each other and try to take care of each other. Mm. Which was kind of cool. A little, little insight into the relationship. It's not just a, a business kind of thing.
0: Yeah. Um, oh, I'll talk about that in a sec. That's fine. Okay. So... Thermite goes off, the uh building starts exploding, and uh, we get the little talk between uh Nine and Lisa, basically him asking her, Either you die or you're gonna be an accomplice to this. Right. If and, you have a decision, make it. And yeah, it's it's interesting because like from what we've seen, Lisa has a shitty life and she just wants people to disappear, and she uh she chooses life. And with right. that 12 runs off grabs his motorcycle and starts like driving off somewhere while nine is giving her very very precise like down to the step um right it's almost like he's got a weird
1: psychic superpower i don't know that he does or does not because they don't really say but Mm. it was almost like um remember when i'm sure all of you guys have watched the first matrix movie (laughs) And they're tell- uh Morpheus is telling Neo how to get out of the building and avoid the agents.
0: It's that kind of instructions yeah it's it's very much like that scene, yeah, the kind of psychic power thing idea is interesting. My interpretation from the first one is just kind of like like these guys are terrorists, and they have to know exactly where's the best place to like place all these explosives for I guess like efficiency. And, like, so he knows the forepan, but something to kind of give credence to that is just, like, oh, I can hear by the uh, the echoes around you that you're in a stairwell, uh, right. probably on, like, the sixth floor or something. 100% James Bond bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so he's he's leading Lisa, and there is a, I guess, like, there's a small, like, windowed walkway between the two... Uh, the two towers of this building, um, mm-hmm. and he basically leads Lisa out to that. Right.
1: So he has her drop the doll,
0: and then go back the way she came. Quick, preferably. Yeah, and then the doll explodes, not in thermite, but with a conventional like TNT explosion. Ah, that's the last one. Ah. Yeah,
1: the special payload. Yeah. And this leaves a giant gaping hole in the walkway, but only really the one side like it was directionally aimed so it still looks pretty structurally sound it just has a big hole in the side of it now yeah yeah and wouldn't you know it right about that time is when 12 whips out on the
0: motorcycle right below where that hole is Mm -hmm. yep it's basically like facing onto a uh like a higher level uh freeway which ah, perfect plan coming together and uh yeah not uh it's like 12 is just there saying like, well, if you want to survive, you have to jump right down.
1: <laughs> yep. And there's a moment of trepidation, but you know it. I know it. She's going to jump and She does. Yep. So they go speeding away on the bike, after which uh, they meet back up with uh, Nine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he gives her the you're an accomplice now speech. There's no backing out. Yeah. <laughs> Because it's different when they said, you know, you could be an accomplice or, or die. But now that she's in safety and she gets the speech again, I think the impact of what she just agreed to kind of hits her. And oh, you can kind of see it on the the expression on her face.
0: Yeah, it it kind of goes from like, oh, well, um, you know, 12 like saved me earlier from bullies and he was nice to me in a stairway to... Wait, these guys are blowing things up, and now, oh, I'm actually an accomplice now,
1: <laughs> yeah, like I'm a for real accomplice. It's not just a name
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: yep, I' um, trying to think
0: here. I can't remember if it's just my memory of later episodes or i there might even have been like a small news broadcast or something about the uh the bombing, but it is declared that there are no casualties.
1: Uh, no, that is, that is later. Uh, it's definitely not in this episode. That's, that's pretty much where they, they, they break it right at the high drama of her going,
0: oh fuck, what have I done? Yeah. What did I choose? In which case I am sorry. It's that's fine.
1: okay. I kind of already got the sense. Yeah. Yeah. That, that <laughs> they they were working real hard to have a no body count.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we get the closing credits, which again very understated. The song is kind of perfect again, but it's just like Lisa drowning, and then either nine or twelve, or just someone saving her. And that's really it.
1: <laughs> now, a couple things about the the episode overall. Um, one of the things that at first I disliked, but the more I got to see the characters, I like. Is the choice of color palette
0: because okay. it's
1: re- it's a really muted palette, mm-hmm. which I think for all three of those, which what uh what I assume are going to be main characters, Lisa, twelve and nine, they all seem to be having uh, emotional problems or, or or be stunted in some way, and I don't know the the muted colors translated well because they're not, they they all have deep interpersonal issues. I think and i think that color palette is kind of expressing that at the same time
0: yeah definitely definitely it's uh, it's just so good though uh it's like just a really good color palette and ju- even just more things like um like light being reflected just looks incredible in this it does actually i i didn't mention it
1: but when they first show the scene where they're standing on the walkway above the highway there's light reflecting off the one bus window that literally caught my eye because it looked so
0: cool. Oh, it's so good. (laughs) But yeah, that was, that was the first episode. It sure was. Of an 11 episode series. So it's
1: actually pretty short. Yeah, that's pretty short. Um, you know what? I, I might, I might go all the way through this one. It was good. Um, would recommend. This is a solid recommend from Travis. Um, it's not like Monster Girls. It's it's not it's not terrible like Flip Flappers.
0: <laughs> uh, so I I do have a couple questions, not really questions, more just kind of like broad topics that we can talk about. Okay. This pretty obviously like tries to be a drama grounded in some sort of reality, as we've kind of talked about. There is. A few James Bond-esque moments. What what do you think of the youth of the characters and the acts they're portraying? Like, do you think there's something there or is it just kind of kids will only relate to kids, so that's the story?
1: No, I think that there is specifically something about um, them being young. Um, because they mention... Something that happened to them before, and I'm feeling like it was possibly kidnapping and indoctrination into doing these acts. I mean, if you beat somebody hard enough, they'll believe whatever you want them to after a <laughs> time. I mean, that's the premise for the show, right? Our show, pretty much. <laughs> I, I think that's. I think you, you are all live witnesses to to my uh, breaking down and rebuilding as an anime boy. Yeah, a good, good anime trash boy.
0: (laughs) Yes. Cool. Uh, I did have other questions, but I'm now just kind of looking at it and being like, if you're going to watch it, I don't want to ask any of these questions because, hey. Right. Which might not be fun for our listeners, but all I'll say is just watch this entire show and yeah. Yeah. Just just watch Um, this show. The
1: the one point, because I did mention Flip Flappers, and this... First episode does the same thing that Flip Flappers does in that it gives you a lot of questions, like a bunch uh, from a whole bunch of different angles, but it gave me enough of a story um, going on that I really want to stick around to learn those answers. I don't feel like Flip Flappers was ever going to give them to me. <laughs> I think I'm going to know by the end of this series. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> awesome.
0: Well, actually, this like turned into a pretty pretty short show. I think it turns out that if Travis has a positive view on things, it becomes a shorter show because it's less of me making fun of him. Is that is that how that works? I think that's the formula.
1: Well, there you go. Um, well, the thing is that I think we're pretty much in lockstep agreement on this one. Like, I like it, you like it, and I'm like, this is so cool, and you're like, yeah, that was cool, I mean, (laughs) there's no back and forth there. But isn't it rad, though? (laughs) It is. See, there's not much conversation. (laughs) So what you're saying is I need to show you more terrible anime. No, every once in a while, I need this breather.
0: Hey, speaking of terrible anime.
1: Oh. Are you trying to get me to do... (laughs) I think I'm gonna. Next time on WTF Anime.
0: Travis, I need a serious answer for this question. Okay. Are you ready for something unprecedented on this show? Can I
1: answer with, I don't think it matters if I'm not ready. I think you're just
0: going to do it anyways. <laughs> Good answer. So we're going to be watching an episode from a series that Travis knows. Oh, oh yeah. We're going to watch the what, oh, second but- season No!
1: (laughs) Watched.
0: I've already heard you trash this left and right. Did you like that bait and switch? Like I gave you hope, and then I dashed it immediately.
1: I was like, oh, so good. (laughs) Oh, no.
0: I went back and forth with this one. I didn't know how terrible I wanted to be, but I Uh think we're going to go with Black Butler Season 2, Episode 1. Okay, at least I'm not gonna be
1: totally lost if they've gone like completely off script from season one to two, because I don't even know how you end up with a season two with how season one ended,
0: but <laughs> the answer the answer to that question, and we will talk about it, is Black Butler made money. <laughs> <laughs> Black Butler two, the quest for more dollars. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well there you go. So, yeah, we're gonna talk about gothic pedophilia boys.
1: (laughs) Those are the best kind of boys. No, actually, they're the worst. Stop that.
0: (laughs) Uh Look, it could have been worse. I could have shown you literal sex trafficking.
1: Probably. I believe that. I I 100% believe that. (laughs) Oh, this is my life.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, we, we hope you join us next week.
1: Yeah, um, I like the first season. I'm holding out wavering hope for the second. Hey, man, season three is really good. Oh, okay, so season two made money too, then?
0: Mm, <laughs> sure. <laughs> and at some point when it's released, we're def- we're definitely going to do a movie episode with um. Oh, what is it called? It's called Book of the Pacific, which is basically zombies on, on the Titanic. And it's the best Black Butler story ever.
1: I'm 100% down with
0: that. <laughs> Actually, no. The best Black Butler story ever is from the manga, where they discuss the in and outs of cricket. Okay. <laughs> that
1: seems, seems a little dull, but... Shut up. <laughs> 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 All right,
0: man. Hit us with the business. Yeah, let's do it. So, if you would like to follow the show on Twitter and find out when we're doing new episodes... Or maybe come on and say, "Hey, I want a guest on your dumb dumb show," uh, like we have had several people do, and have a few people in the works. You can hit us up at WTF Anime Show, and if you would prefer to email us, it's WTF Anime Show at gmail.com. And if you want to hit me up personally, while I just yell things on Twitter about anime feels, you can find me at the Joe Hanfield and Travis. Where can they find you?
1: They can find me on Twitter at DiceLobber, D-I-C-E-L-O-B-B-E-R. And, you know, we don't ask all the time, but I think I want to throw it out there again. If you could, uh, whatever ever you're getting our podcast, if you could rate and review, give us a thumbs up, whatever it is, uh, spread the word of mouth, you know, Let, let's get more people in the WTF family.
0: Yeah, spread the word of the internet reviews, but also do spread word of mouth. Like, if you have a friend who enjoys the suffering of others or likes anime, just tell them about it, and eh. We'll see what happens. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most non-committal I could be to that statement. <laughs> Joe is tired, you guys. <laughs> uh, I'm ridiculously tired. <laughs> I, I hope it didn't come across, and I hope I sounded as chipper and upbeat as always but i probably didn't
1: nope sound meth to the gills just like always yeah yeah it's a heck of a drug it's the meth is one hell of a drug that is correct (laughs) and on that ever popular note (laughs) bye (laughs)
0: bye guys